0: Welcome to the podcast, People of the Book. I'm your host, Meryl Ain. We're proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. We chat with authors and storytellers in thought-provoking and intimate interviews, all with a Jewish twist. On today's program, I'm delighted to have Deborah Kalb as my guest. Debra is a freelance writer and editor. She spent about two decades working as a journalist in Washington, D.C. for various news organizations. Her book blog, Book Q&As with Debra Kalb, which she started in 2012, features hundreds of interviews she has conducted with a a wide variety of authors. She's also the co-host of the podcast, Rereading Our Childhood. Deborah is the author of the new novel, Off to Join the Circus, as well as three novels for kids. She's the co-author with her father, Marvin Kalb, of Haunting Legacy, Vietnam, and the American Presidency, From Ford to Obama, and has also co-authored several books on politics and government. So welcome, Deborah. I've read your intriguing and unique novel, Off to Join the Circus, and I I enjoyed it very much. Um, So to begin with, why don't you give our listeners a brief synopsis of Off to Join the Circus?
1: I'm sure. No, thank you, Meryl, so much for having me on. Um, Yeah, no, I'm thrilled to be here. Um, off to join the circus is a novel about an overly enmeshed neurotic jewish family living in the washington dc suburbs and what happens when a long-lost relative returns after 64 years away so adele pinsky the long-lost relative ran away from her family home in west orange new jersey um, in 1952 and um she reappears in much more recent times as an 80 year old lady um she is a, a very flamboyant character and she makes her appearance known on her younger brother howard's 75th birthday when he's gathered with his family uh, to celebrate and the phone rings and there she is and she's like can i come for a visit so the book is really about how her visit Affects Howard, his wife Marilyn, their three daughters, and their two grandsons, and the story is told from each of these seven people's perspective, but never from Adele's perspective.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I, 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 it was very. The book was very um gripping and compelling, and it was fun and and I just very unusual. So I, I wondered what inspired you um to come up with the idea for the Pinsky family.
1: Yeah, so I tell people the Pinsky family is not my family, but <laughs> But when I say, oh, it's about an overly enmeshed neurotic Jewish family in the DC suburbs, people always look at me and raise an eyebrow. So yeah, (laughs) I mean, I think that, you know, some of it obviously comes from um, just my life and people I know. And a lot of it just came out of my imagination. I think that, you know, the question sort of interested me, what would happen when a character isn't there for a long time? And what legends grow up around them. And, you know, the character Marilyn thinks of Adele's absence as a sort of tear in the family fabric. And how do you sort of work around that tear? You know, what, what develops in the absence of, of this person actually being there? So what happens to the Pinsky's is um, they develop this legend, okay, when Adele ran off, And I think I said 1952, it's actually 1954, when Adele runs off, Howie is 11 years old. He's Mm -hmm. sitting there on the rug in his bedroom and and watching his family sort of implode. And he, he says to his father, where did Adele go? and his dad says oh Howie off to join the circus and mm-hmm. he waves a hand in the air you know is that just an expression I don't know but Howie was 11 and he took it very seriously so whenever circus would come to town he would go and try to find Adele and so this legend kind of grew up that she may or may not have gone off to join the circus as he got older he thought well maybe that was just a you know phrase but it it became sort of this mantra for the family that somebody either was circus, in other words, was the type of person who could run off run off to join a circus, or was not circus, meaning that they would never dream of running off to join a circus. And out of the Pinsky family, um, second daughter Diana is circus. Like she's the one that her parents say, Oh, you're just like your Aunt Adele. Um, the others are not circus. And so Diana grows up feeling all the time like she is sort of this reincarnation of this aunt this legendary aunt that she's never seen and so when Adele actually does come back you know it makes everyone sort of reconsider who is circus and what is circus and how does Adele actually fit into this family which I'm not sure I've totally answered your question. No
0: you I I, I love that you know sort of the the metaphor of circus I mean it's so fresh and different and clever um did you um ever consider a different title um than you know circus and and why did you choose and I'm just curious what else you considered yeah
1: yeah no I mean oddly enough I'm generally not great at coming up with titles and when Mm -hmm. I was an editor I wasn't really great at coming up with headlines for articles like that isn't something I'm naturally good at. But this title just sort of jumped out at me as the obvious title for this book. Um, Just because that one phrase, and it's sort of an example, you know, you can have one phrase that somebody says to you, Mm -hmm. whether you're a kid or an adult that just sticks with you and has these huge like repercussions and ramifications for what happens next to you and to your descendants and that is exactly what happened with that phrase so and it it says a lot I mean it's on a lot of levels like off to join the circus can just be a, a throwaway line you know and I think it may well have been when Howie's father said that back in the 50s Um, and on the other hand you know it comes for this family to mean a personality type, someone who does or doesn't stick with the family. And again, this is a very enmeshed family. I mean, they know each other's business, you know. And um, the youngest daughter, Lucy, tries so hard to maintain her privacy, but she gets drawn in too. So, you know, there's a lot going on with that. And at a book event that I had recently, someone asked an excellent question about um, the presence of absence like the idea of that mm-hmm. and how you know off to join the circus fits into that whole concept you know that the act the absence of someone is there as a presence in the other people's lives
0: so so, what do you think the absence of a family member due to estrangement uh, does to the remaining relatives even those who never knew them
1: yeah. And that's what's so interesting. It's like Howie is the only one who knew her. I mean, Howard's mm-hmm. parents are no longer living at the time. The action of the book takes place in 2018. Mm-hmm. But, but he and Marilyn has sort of picked up on his whole fascination with Adele and the circus and and sort of they pass it along to their daughters and even the two grandsons who are 15 and almost 13, the younger ones getting ready for his bar mitzvah, which a lot of the action of the book is sort of geared up toward actually two family events. Diana is expecting a baby and the younger grandson Will is having his bar mitzvah and that those two things are kind of playing along in the background the whole time. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think that basically the absence of Adele affects this family immensely and it be, she becomes a legendary figure because in the absence of a real-life Adele who's there to talk to and to argue with and to interact with, she becomes like an archetype, you know, something that's a symbol for a certain type of behavior.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as, as you know, one of the most famous sentences in literature is the opening of Tolstoy's novel Anna Karenina all happy families are alike each unhappy family is unhappy in its own way so I want to ask you do do you think um the Pinsky's were an unhappy family or were they just um very dysfunctional or do you how do you how do you feel about the, the that they were so and meshed I mean yeah be extremely so
1: right and what's actually something so funny about this like I'll start off a book talk by talking about how <laughs> oh I have here this overly enmeshed neurotic Jewish family and then a lot of people will come up to me and be like actually my family's exactly like that I don't think that's neurotic I don't think that's overly enmeshed so it all is in the eye of the beholder but I wouldn't say the Pinsky's are an unhappy family mm-hmm. I would say they're, you know, they have their times when they're happy and their times when they're not, and they take a lot of joy in one another and in their their day to day interactions. Um, so I wouldn't say that they are an unhappy family. I would say that they are you know, very interested in what each other is doing oh, very, to, to, to so. it. Like, <laughs> like, so. You know, maybe to an extreme amount. And they all live right near each other too. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. So like the three kids, the daughters, never really went that far from home. And um, you know, the two grandsons, like everyone sort of pitches in and you know, takes the grandsons to different activities when if their mom can't do it. And you know so it's kind of um you know in a way it's very nice you know the, i mean maybe, maybe
0: also it's sort of the way families used to be
1: yes i think there is something to that i mean this multi generational family mm-hmm. i mean they don't all live in the same house okay i want to make that clear they all right, live right, in right. Like, different houses
0: but, but but they all live but, nearby
1: right exactly they're all nearby and you know, they have family dinners and they all, you know, discuss what's going on in their lives. And again, like they're all very willing to share, except for uh, Lucy, the youngest daughter, who's recently been divorced and who wanted her privacy from day one. She did not want to be involved in all the um, enmeshment, but, you know, she gets dragged in too.
0: So it's hard to to not be. Absolutely. So, so you write the book from eight, different perspectives i mean that's a lot of yeah of, of yeah. perspectives um why did you choose to craft the book that way and and is that do you enjoy writing from a variety of perspectives and they also were of a, 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 a wide variety of ages
1: exactly i mean they range from 75 to almost 13 um mm-hmm. I actually loved writing from these different perspectives. There's seven characters that I write from and they, I, I, one thing, okay. It was my first time writing a multi-perspective novel, like other things I've written. Um, Yeah. The children's books were all from one perspective. And mm -hmm. so, and other unpublished things I'm working on were from one perspective. The, you know, I think the advantage to this was there's a lot of room for humor, which I Enjoy incorporating into what I write. There's a lot of room for humor when you see things from someone else's perspective. Like you see one character do something, and then you see it and you know why they're doing it because you know they're they you see it from their perspective. Okay, then you move to the next chapter and you have some family member you know, interpreting what this person did in some totally other way, because, oh, well, they think they know this person so well, and obviously that's why they're doing it. So there's a lot of room for humor there. The other thing is, it was it was a lot of fun to write from different age groups. And, you know, I had written from kid perspectives before in my children's books. Um, so I, I love getting back to that. And then writing from people who are you know, again, in their 70s and their 40s, 30s, and then teenagers. And I, but but okay, important point here. I do not write from Adele's perspective because I wanted. Yes, her to, I, w- I was just I, going to mention yeah, that. So why yeah. why
0: not? Why yeah? Not?
1: Why not? Because I wanted her to remain a woman of mystery, and mm-hmm. I felt like I if you if you really got into her head, right, you, you right, would, good point. She would not right. be a mystery anymore, you know. And what you're seeing is Adele reflected through seven different people, and yeah, and, you know, so you don't really know what to make of the tell i mean you can come to your own conclusions but but yeah it was for the mystery aspect
0: No, I that, thought, I, yeah. yeah i yeah. think that was great so so what was your writing process like for for writing this novel and i'm curious how did it differ um from writing children's books or adult non yeah. nonfiction? we'll yeah. get we'll get to but how, how did sure. it differ from writing children's books
1: yeah, I mean, one big difference was the multi-perspective thing. I mean, I, I made a calendar with all of their activities. Like I said, you know, Will has soccer on this day, and, you know, Max has guitar lessons on this day, and Lucy teaches such and such on that day. And, you know, it was like having seven kids and trying to, like, you know, manage their time, because I had to get all those details right. So that was, you know, it was a more challenging thing than writing from one character's perspective. One other difference is that this book required the least research of anything that I've written Mm -hmm. because obviously the nonfiction requires huge amounts of research and the children's books are about these modern day kids who travel back in time and meet the early presidents. So I had to do a lot of research on the early presidents and their families and, you know, just what life was like back then for the scenes when they're back in time. Whereas this book took place in, you know, the present time as I was writing the first draft of it and it actually um I my son was in 2018 when the book took place that was the year my son had his bar mitzvah so I was right in the middle of bar mitzvah preparations mm-hmm. as I was writing all this so it really didn't require a lot of extra research except you know I talked to someone I know who's a chef to try to get some details about a chef because one of the characters that's his job and so but it in you know otherwise that was actually a, a really big difference. So I could just kind of let my imagination and go. And
0: I, I would imagine very enjoyable. I know I've done a tremendous amount of of research from for my historical fiction. Yes. What I'm yes. trying to do now is just, you know, write some short stories exactly. without having to do research. It's really a treat in a way. Yeah. I do love the research and I'm sure you do as well, but it's-, right. it's it's yeah yeah Um, yeah I
1: think it's good to do both I mean I think because I do love the research and one one thing I would say about Adele as a character is that I have an unpublished kind of YA novel that I'm revising and I I hope it'll get published one day and Adele is actually a character in that ah. novel as a teenager so she's 15 in that novel so you know that would be... i, I want
0: to read that one. yeah yeah absolutely with absolutely yeah oh, wow yeah so did you know how the story would end before you started writing it i yes but i
1: took a lot of pathways to get there i mean i had the last scene i knew where it would take place i knew what would be going on but the way that the characters got there took a lot of twists and turns like i with some some days I would just be sitting down I'd be like okay you know I'm not really sure what to write today but I haven't had you know a Lucy chapter in a while so let's see what's going on with Lucy and I would you know just sort of sit down and let my imagination go and so it there were a lot of things that um, I didn't expect but that sort of fit and then but it was all going toward an ending that I
0: knew. Okay, well, we're gonna we're going to shift gears now a little bit, and I want to ask you about your daily blog. I'm a sure. great fan of it. Q and A with Thanks so much for recently featuring my novels.
1: Absolutely, I was so I happy to do. that. Carry.
0: thank you. So I'm in awe of how you turn out a Q&A <laughs> every single day. How yeah. are you able to do that and to write and promote your own books i mean yeah. how are there enough hours in the day
1: oh boy well i mean one answer is i do tend to have insomnia so sometimes people will get emails from me at kind of strange
0: hours but, uh-huh.
1: but i i think that a lot of it is um you know having been a journalist for a long time i'm able to read quickly and sort of get the idea of what i need to get and um it, so I think that, you know, you sort of have those kind of abilities to get things done quickly because you're, you know, as a journalist, you're on deadline all the time. So I can kind of try to act like I'm on deadline and I have to get something done. Um, so that's that's a big part of it. Um, it also depends on, you know what my that particular day is like in terms of what else I have to do and um so there are days when I'm much more productive than others to put it mildly so
0: yeah yeah well I think we we all have those yeah yeah um, so yeah so you you've collaborated with your father the venerable journalist and broadcaster Marvin Kalp yes. I, I grew up watching both your father and his brother Bernard Kalp yes. and yes. I'd like to ask you what it was like um growing up in the Kalp family how Absolutely. your father is doing and how was it to work with your dad
1: oh yeah no thank you so much for asking that um yeah growing up with my father and my uncle. That could be a memoir growing up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, it could, it could be, um, yeah, I mean, my father is 93, and my uncle passed away in January at almost 101, and they both have been just remarkable, I'm so fortunate to have been able to grow up around them both, and to have them, you know, both, um, with me for so long, um, and you know their bond was incredible I mean the two of them were like the closest siblings and their older sister who um lived to be
0: 94. How many were in the uh there were the
1: three of them and they they were such close siblings and yeah so I I sort of you know I it was just lovely to see that dynamic um and you know, my father's been an inspiration to me throughout my life. Um, You know, his professionalism and his kindness and his, his really brilliant way of approaching journalism um, has definitely inspired me and getting to work on the book Haunting Legacy with him was just an incredible experience. I mean, we thought what happened was like, we started working on it, right around the time my son was born. And we thought, okay, it'll be a couple years. It ended up taking us six years to write. Uh Wow. (laughs) Yeah, because it was a lot of research and the book kind of ended up going in a slightly different direction than we had thought it would. So we had to sort of go back to the drawing board, but it was, uh, yeah, that was an incredible experience. And I'm really fortunate to have been able to do that.
0: Wow. So so you grew up in this family of journalists. When, when did you first decide um, you wanted to be a writer? And would you tell us about some of your earlier writing? Sure.
1: So I think I always knew. I mean, I remember when I was in third grade, and we had like a period in school where we could do whatever we wanted. And we had these black and white notebooks. And I don't know, I don't even remember what the other kids were doing. But I, I would like fill up notebook after notebook with a story and it had to do with a family again, which is probably, Uh you know, that was the direction I was going. And even then, you know, um, half a century ago, but it, it was, um, yeah. I mean, I think I always knew I wanted to do something involving writing because I just love to do that. And I, in terms of journalism, I wanted to do something in that regard but you know my father and my uncle did TV journalism and I did not want to do that I did print journalism and just um for me I think that was a much better path I didn't want to be sort of someone on camera or do the technical stuff behind the scenes so the writing you know I so I wanted to do print so that's what I did for a long time um one of my cousins actually also was a journalist she's a writer, and she has written a couple books, Claudia Kalb. So it does Uh kind of run in the family.
0: she is Bernard's daughter?
1: Yes, one of his daughters. Yeah, he, there are four of them, and then two of us, and we all kind of grew up
0: together, so. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's so nice. Um, so, um I I just wanted to ask you what, what was the um what has been the reaction of your family and friends to off to join the circus. Yeah,
1: just I mean definitely a
0: departure, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely. I think they've they've really enjoyed it. I mean, I I think that it's been interesting because some people in my family say, oh, this is nothing like our family. And the other people like, you know, I do see some similarities and, um, you know, but I mean, they've all enjoyed it. And I think that, you know, one of my cousins said, it's given her more insight into like how I think and how I perceive things. So that's really interesting to me too. So it, um, I think it's been positive, which is great because I guess you never know how people are going to, react to what
0: you write that that is um that is very true so uh did you learn anything from writing this book I
1: did I know you learned a
0: lot from from the other Yeah.
1: yeah I I did learn a lot from this one too I mean I think one thing when I started writing fiction a long time ago, and I have various manuscripts that I've been working on and putting away, and working on and putting away for for decades now. But I think one thing that I learned from writing this is that is sort of how to structure the plot and the characters, and you know, more in terms of less in terms of that writing itself, but more in terms of the structure. Mm -hmm. You know, I think when I first started out, I I was trying to write not to not this novel, but a much earlier manuscript, a totally different book. Um, I I thought, well, I'm not sure about a plot. I want to try to write a mystery novel because that has a built-in plot. And I'm still trying to work on that all these years later. But but I think I learned from this that, you know, there is a way to have You know a sort of inciting event and then all the repercussions from that Mm -hmm. how to Mm -hmm. structure it and how to make it um come together and Mm -hmm. how to write from a multi-character perspective Mm -hmm. that was that was actually really fun learning experience with this manuscript
0: Mm -hmm. thank you so so we're we're gonna start wrapping up now i i wanted to ask you uh what's next for you deborah
1: Yeah. yeah so i do have these other manuscripts i'm working on And I'm continuing on with the blog and with this amazing new podcast that my friend Mary Grace McGeehan and I have. Yeah,
0: tell us us about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, no, that's been incredibly fun. It's called Rereading Our Childhood. And um, we have a new episode out every two weeks and it focuses on a book. We each episode, we look back at a book that we read as kids and we reread it and discuss it and talk about how we perceive it now compared to how we remember it we talk about the author or the illustrator if there's an illustrator and just the time in which the book was set and you know we talked about are you there god it's me margaret we talked about harriet the spy there are, you know a lot of different books that we've already um done and i it's been great because a lot of these books are books i have not gone back to since i don't know for many many years harriet the spy is even better than i remembered it so wow.
0: yeah yeah so i am just as you're answering i'm thinking do you do you have a favorite genre i mean is it nonfiction? is it children's books is it now you know the the adult fiction um or are they like you can't have oh, a favorite child. yeah
1: right exactly exactly <laughs> I mean I think one reason my blog is so eclectic is that my reading tastes are so eclectic I mean it's adult books kids books fiction nonfiction, you know mystery history I mean you name it it's there so I think um, yeah it's very hard for me to say and it often I mean, I love fiction, but there are a lot of nonfiction books I love too. And Mm -hmm. kids books, you know, are, are wonderful. So yeah, I cannot say that I have a particular
0: favorite, Sean. Okay. And where, where can people um, find your podcast?
1: Yeah. So the podcast is called rereading our childhood and it's available wherever your podcasts are found and um, you can just Google us and, uh, my website is com, and uh, it has links to my other, um, other, event, you know, okay. events, features, whatever else I'm working on. Okay.
0: Um, yeah. Great. So is, is there anything else you, you would like to share with our listeners, um, before we finish? <laughs>
1: Um, Just to thank you so much for having me on and to say to your listeners that if anyone is interested, if you're in a book club, I am happy to speak to your book club um, about Off to Join the Circus or about any of my other uh, books. So thank you so, so much.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Deborah Kalb, her new book is Off to Join the Circus. I also want to thank our executive producer, Pam Stack. People of the Book is a copyrighted presentation of the authors on the air global radio network. Please visit us and like our Facebook page, People of the Book. I'm your host, Merrill Aine, the author of The Takeaway Men. The sequel, Shadows We Carry, is available now. For more information about my books and writing, visit me at com. Until next time, please join us on Facebook at Jews Love to Read and read a good book.